Hello there, welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. And I am Marcus Marks. We're talking about S3E14 of PLL. She's better now. Yes, she is. This is one of my favorite titles of the show. Uh, Monsters in the End is one. She's better now. Definitely is one of them. Hmm. Hmm. My favorite one is the the season finale of this season, I think. What is it again? A Dangerous Game. Uh, Some of my favorite titles come later in the show. Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, we'll talk about when we get later in the show. Um, Shall we? Yeah, this is the season premiere of uh, like 3B. Yeah. You know, the way PLL airs, there's half seasons. Half seasons with the Halloween special in between. Yeah, which you might not know if you just watch on Netflix, but whatever. But if you're watching the show right now, season five, as it's airing, it's it's going to drive you nuts in a few weeks when the show goes away until Christmas. Anyway, so we start off with it's very interesting shots of like just Rosewood at night, the church, Jenna's house. Yeah, this the Jenna's house, that street where Emily and Jenna live, Spencer's barn. Mm hmm. And then what we cut to what appears to be a skateboarding around town at night. Well, like like Main Street, yeah. Yeah. Um, then we cut over to Hannah's bedroom. Uh, this Hannah's sleeping, like a shadow looms over her for a moment. <laughs> it's just Mona creeping. Yep. This Mo- Mona not dressed in like Radley's, like you know, nurse clothes. Not dressed like she's an inmate. Dressed she's, in normal street clothes. She's got like kind of like a almost looks like a kind of jersey t-shirt on mm-hmm. uh Mo- hannah wakes up because mona's creepy and she's just like nah you know mm-hmm. and mona says is this a bad time lol the, the sweetest way possible yeah mona is going to play adorably sweet in this episode even though you know she's like a psychopathic genius here's um, the thing that's that one of the many things that's different between like mona and say like aria mm-hmm. is mona is bad for your teeth that's how sweet she is um, yeah, well, and Mona can sell a lie. Oh, like yeah. the the thing I love about Mona is that whenever anyone calls her on her bullshit, she just starts to pout and cry, and you just like you're like, oh, like I'm sorry. And you really feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, wait a minute, no, you're an evil, crazy psychopath. But she can go from like sweet and glowing to like dead eyes mm-hmm. in, in no time flat. So Mona's been released from Radley, and her parents are forcing her to go back to school, <laughs> and she's so scared. I love how Mona says, "My doctor's released me," and it's like in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's being forced back to school, and she's so scared. Everyone knows what I've done, and you know, I had no one in my corner. And she doesn't expect the other liars to forgive her, but Hannah's different. Ren said Hannah was her guardian angel, and she stood up for her. And Hannah says, you're not defenseless, Mona. You spent the last two years majoring in torture. And Mona just looks so wounded at that remark. She's just like, oh, wow, that that hurt, Hannah. Just assume that just about everything Hannah says in this episode is said so earnestly, but with like exclamation points at the end of every sentence. Yeah. Um, So Mona's like, well, you don't believe a person can get better? (laughs) <laughs> but she had a breakdown she says but she's turned a corner she has new meds she has new medication to help her keep her superpowers under control yeah yeah her adrenalized hyper reality powers um everything's she's really... changed she's she's not proud of who she was right but try to see her for who she is now yeah but there's a knock on the door it's it's hannah's grandma who's wondering if hannah's alone in there because yeah. she heard voices well this is after hannah said i do see you mona all right and you're freaking me out 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, Hannah's grandma says like I hear voices and Mona or Hannah's just like uh oh, I was just reading out loud. And well, it's it's interesting because Mona does that thing where she turns to Hannah and she kind of mouths like that, like don't don't tell him I'm in here or whatever thing. Mm-hmm. And so Hannah has a decision to make, and she's like, "Well, it's just me. I'm just reading out loud." And then Mona does the thing where she's like, she mouths like, "Thanks," you know. And it's like this weird kind of conspiratorial thing, like, "Like, thank you for this first step towards, you know, approving of me." Yeah, and Hannah's just like, "I didn't really want to give you that impression." Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, Hannah, if you just let Mona climb into bed with you, I'm sure all your troubles would be over. And the show would go from this level to <laughs> this level. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get more a skateboarding, and for a minute there, I really thought. Maybe this is Toby because the body type is very long, lanky, thin. Mm. Well, Lincoln really probably the, has uh, a really ugly face under the hood. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. They get they really have the the noise of the the rolling skateboard dialed up. It's like all you hear, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then this hooded person skateboards past like around a corner, and there's like a an SUV at the end of the street that suddenly turns its lights on and starts chasing the skater. Like well, through it town, a, it does a thing where like it comes like down like like a, like a T intersection, so it comes mm-hmm. into our street, and then behind it, suddenly headlights come on from yeah. a parked car. And it's funny, is I think the PLO writers or producers love that image in horror movies. Uh-huh. But yeah, this suburban like starts like chasing a through the streets of Rosewood at night. Yeah, and the, at one point, like a car comes out of a side street, and the, this like creepy SUV has to like slam on the brakes and then go around the skateboarders trying to get away. And eventually the skater kind of like runs, you know, like slides up and like jumps off the skateboard, like onto uh, like a sidewalk curb, just as the SUV like plows over the skateboard, like right behind it. Yeah. And so this, this hooded figure gets away, but then we cut to inside the SUV and it's evil Toby. Evil Toby's uh, driving. Dark Toby's driving. And the camera kind of like zooms in on his face as he's all just like, I'm hard Toby, you know? And then the camera has to zoom back a little bit because it's like, oh shit, too close. <laughs> yeah. Too close. Yeah. So that's the opening. Um, we're going to not do character by character this episode because, well, we might have to retire that feature. I I hope not. If At the very least, uh, we should remind ourselves at the end or at some point in the episode, we need to kind of at least talk about we, where each character is at because I don't want to lose that. But the, the plots are getting so dense now that it's really hard to single out characters without it just being weird because... Plot points happen to two different characters at once, you know. Um, but it's you know it really it's this attention to detail, it's this you know consideration that we have for our listeners and for mm-hmm. the show that's really moved us from like the number seven PLL podcast on iTunes to the number six. Indeed, yeah. Number have- five. Like the two podcasts that haven't updated in three years, you just watch your shit. We're coming for you. The one podcast that has three episodes total. Yeah. Watch out. We're coming yeah, for you. Yeah, we're coming for you. Uh, we're hard. We're crazy. We're dark Toby. Um, so after the opening, we're in Emily's bedroom. Um, she gets a text from Hannah that just says, it's official. Mona's back. Indeed. <laughs> oh, I love the way that Hannah texts. Um, so this is like morning. Uh, presumably, Emily's getting, she's packing up her bag to go to school. Uh, before she can really unpack everything that goes with this text. She kind of like looks over to her window and sees like a ladder just like suddenly come up and land. It's so creepy. Like yeah. it just like in behind her, this ladder just like raises up and puts against the window. So she kind of looks at it like, wh- and then like she hears a voice behind her and like her dad walks and like, oh shit, it's Wayne Fields. Well, and he's just like, like immediately he's like, don't worry, it's just a guy from the alarm company. Well, Emily's so hard now. I mean, she has killed a guy that she isn't 
she's like alarmed, but not even like surprised. She's just like, right. what is going on? You know? Right, right. Yeah. Emily's like face in this entire scene just conveys a, a, a continuous series of like perplexed annoyance. Mm-hmm. There's no other real emotion. But she like, killed a man. Yeah, yeah. She, she doesn't with her bare hands. Human joy anymore. Yeah. Um, so it's the guy from the alarm company setting up a new alarm. That's what the fields want. Uh, Pam yeah. wanted the best system installed. Pam wants the best. And so now Wayne has an Wayne Fields. Hey Wayne, how's it going? Yeah. Haven't seen you in half a season. Yeah. Uh, he he has an app on his phone that can turn the uh, the alarm system on and off. And how will, how will Emily know it's on? It's like basically it's all it's going to be on considering yeah. this town. Yeah. Then Wayne says that Garrett's mom called. And Emily's just like, Garrett's mom? What the fuck? Apparently, by the way, Garrett's mom's out of her coma. Hillary Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. And like, what does she want? And Wayne's like, she wants her son back. <laughs> I like how all Wayne did was like close the blind. So like the weird alarm dude outside like couldn't see him. Yeah. Um, so then Wayne holds up the newspaper, and there's just this ridiculous picture of uh, of Garrett in his like police uniform. It's like a like a portrait kind of. Yeah, yeah. And the headline just says that the cops have no leads. In his no leads. <laughs> no leads at all. But here's my thing: shouldn't Emily, Ari, and the others be all over this news story? Well, the, specifically the fact that they're minors. Specifically, the headline says no suspects, and it's like, really? I can think of a few fucking suspects. I can think of like a whole these four car. girls who just keep appearing when shit goes down everywhere. And I would say, okay, the only thing that would keep them out of the news is they're minors. But yeah. the fact that they're minors, they were on the front page of the newspaper a year earlier with the headline well, that said, well, also, what really happened? We don't know their exact ages, but it, it is senior year, so it's very possible that some of them are 18 now. I'm just saying, these girls end up with dead bodies a mm-hmm. lot. Like, like, they're like rounding up on like Jessica Fletcher levels of dead bodies showing mm-hmm. Um, so Maybe the, the cops are just like, we want nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah, seriously. As far as we consider it, it's a victimless crime. Garrett's mom is going after the Rosewood police just because of that attitude. And Wayne is going to some kind of community meeting tomorrow night. Yeah, because he agrees that, uh, you know, she's right. They let an innocent man out of jail and didn't give any protection, he says. And Emily's like, I don't think the word innocent. I don't think of the word innocent when I think of Garrett. And Wayne's like, yeah, well, somebody else thought that way, too, and decided to take justice into their own hands. If there's one thing that Wayne Fields hates, it's those fucking vigilantes. He, Wayne Fields is a law and order type dude. You know, there's only a few things that are needed to fix this country and to fix this town, and it's simple. Kill the Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's some kind of, I don't know what you call it, it's like pledge run coming up at the school. There's some sort of vague, of these. it's not a marathon, maybe it's like a 5K. The great thing is we... We have lots of references to this run, and we're at the run at some point in the episode. They never say what the run is for. There's some sort of charity involved. They don't say what, because who cares? You know. Well, every every high school I think does some variation of this, where mm-hmm. you you pledge by miles or laps or something. I mean, we did it at our school. Yeah. Um. So Wayne and Pam are not comfortable with Emily being out after dark. Yeah. So sorry, this- Emily. Even though you raised two hundred and seventy four dollars for that run, yeah, uh, ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Wayne says, you're welcome to have Paige over, but that's about it. Thankfully, we don't have to see Paige in this episode. They're like, look, if you want to stay home and fuck your girlfriend, we honestly don't care. We just don't want you leaving the house. Because we probably won't be home to hear it. Thank fuck. Um, so then we cut to the rear window brew where Spencer and Ari are getting their coffee. And they are just getting each other more riled up and like frothed at the mouth. 
Arya is kind of a bitch in this episode. This whole yeah, she is <laughs> she is next level bonkers. Arya, I mean, she's I probably just outraged that A actually went after her. Well, we'll get into that, but yeah. So Spencer she needs to have a talk off, with her minions. Spencer's like, so this is the new world order. Yeah, uh, we got to talk about Arya's outfit before we talk about anything else. Oh God, please yes. Uh, it's like this white blazer with thick black pinstripes. Yeah, pinstripe blazer over a t-shirt that's like cheetah print like two notes it's we later see it's two cheetahs like there's two pictures of two cheetahs on it you just yeah but the 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 coloring is kind of like golden cheetah color whatever but then her her skirt she has a mini skirt that's like white cheetah spots like yeah white white leopard print skirt super high wedges she looks straight up like a mexican prostitute the uh the white blazer, I think, is really what puts it over the top hideous. Like, stripes and patterns. Just, uh, she looks like she should be doing business in Miami. Like, Pain and Gain 2 wants to talk to Lucy Hale in this episode. Um. So, yeah, she already is saying, uh, so this is the new world order. We have to face off with Mona at school every day. And Spencer says, yeah, she told Hannah that she's better now. Better at what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I had the episode. This was the first time where I was just like, you know what? I need Arya to change clothes. Like, some really? Of these this is the first are, time. This is the first time where I was, you know, most of the time I can just enjoy her twisted madness. This was the time where I was like, I cannot take this fucking seriously at all. Um, which maybe is why she gets crazier and crazier over the course of the episode because she has to look at herself in the mirror. Um, so Spencer reasons that Mona may know, know more about Garrett, why Garrett had to die because yeah, she knew m- stuff about Mona Maya. may have serious insight. Yeah. She had it might have had a connection to the NAT club. So Arya points out that, you know, the NAT club ended when Mona was still loser Mona. And if those pervs didn't want to peep through her her window, well, why the would they way, hang out with her? The way she says it, um she says that you know the club ended when she was still loser Mona, pre LASIKed and metal mouth. Those pervs didn't want to peep into her windows. Why would they want to hang out there? Which like geez, Arya. Like, first of all, like, I don't care how many, like, glasses and, like, frumpy sweaters you put Mona in. She's still super hot. Right. Um, second of all, that's a, that's a problematic statement. Let's just leave it at that. Well, just say Arya. <laughs> they wouldn't want a peeping Tom on that girl. Arya really let the claws show for a minute there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Spencer says, well, maybe she was the one peeping on them. And Arya's face turns from this kind of insane mask of bitch face into like just a more shrewder shade of bitch face mm-hmm. um so spencer points out again i should point out seven times this episode that two members of the nat club are dead now yeah and i i, I do kind of like the theory that maybe mona had some some videos of the nat club yeah. uh maybe the person who killed ali is still worried that there's a tape of them floating around out there so and <laughs> Spencer's like, did you ever ask your dad? And Arya just gets like stone face. Ask what? Like, about what? And Spencer's like, about what Garrett said. And Arya just like flies off the handle. It's like my dad and I are finally getting along. I'm not about to hit him with some whacked out story that Garrett made up to clear his own name. Yeah, she storms off. And Spencer's like trying to be gentle. Yeah, and, and, you know. And and Arya's just like, but what, Spencer? Garrett lied about a lot. Why are we suddenly gonna believe anything he says? You can't even wear the kid gloves of Arya because she'll take, you know, issue with that, with that, you know, terminology. She's um, still probably just outraged that somebody tried to murder her. Yeah. So, like, Arya just gets angry when people try to kill her. She's like, how dare you? 
<laughs> Do you know who I fucking am? I was dressed like Daisy from the book. Um, so the girls employed this reasoning a lot, though. So-and-so lied at some point in the past, so why should we believe them now when it seems like it would be really important to at least investigate their claim? Yeah, especially because the person's dead now, and so you have to consider that perhaps he was killed for information that he had. Yeah. In fact, their their working theory was that A wanted them to get Garrett out of jail so they could so A could kill him. Right. So then we're back in Hannah's kitchen. Um, Hannah walks in and sees that her grandma has a basket of muffins. And Hannah's like, what is that? Yeah, they're left at the door. Uh, from uh, There's a note saying that they're from M. And Hannah's very nonplussed at this. It's like, oh, it's Mona. And Grandma's like, you don't have to eat them. I can make huevos, rancheros, pork, sausage, hash browns. She's already made them. Yeah, yeah. and so Hannah is basically like, she says, you know, stop. But really what she's saying is, stop the words coming out of your sloppy flyover state mouth. Um, so grandma's, hey, grandma's like, this, she's like, oh, this is Mona Mona. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mona wants a fresh start. Hannah's not sure she's ready to give that. And so grandma starts telling this insane, insane story about Cousin Heshi. Oh, there's, I have the dialogue. Do you want me to, to read it in a terrible accent? Uh, can you maintain a terrible accent for the entire story? I can try. Please do. I mean, it is going to be a terrible accent after all. Uh, so Grandma starts telling the story about Cousin Heshi. She says, When Cousin Heshi came back, no one wanted to touch him with a ten-foot pole, Alberta's youngest. He was always a little off, but in high school, he jumped the tracks. One morning at breakfast, he served his mom and dad two bowls of rusty nails with milk poured over him. And when they refused to eat, he snatched up a fistful and just squeezed until blood came out. And Hannah's like, uh, wait, I'm sorry, how are we related to this person? Yeah, so Grandma says they sent Heshi away for four months, but when he came back, he was fine. So then Grandma, like, she starts on this, like, Dr. Phil-esque metaphor about the <laughs> rain. When the rink gets icy and Hannah's just like, yeah, I'm exhausted, can't deal. Yeah, yeah, so Grandma's like, you know, if I was Mona, I would fight to death to have you as my friend. And they hug, and Hannah goes, and it's like, uh, where's Ashley? Where's Ashley and wine? I mean, I, presumably Laura Layton was busy this week or something. But uh, I love that. Like, oh, I want to say it's also because the writer of this episode is related to uh, the actress was it Betty Buckley. Oh, okay, makes sense. Yeah. So then the scene ends with this kind of weird lingering pan across all of that food that Grandma Marin made, or Grandma, mm -hmm. yeah, Grandma Marin. So it'd be Tom's mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Grandma Marin made like it's just mm -hmm. this weird, suspicious. Like, there's nothing wrong with the food. Why do we have to be afraid of the food? Well, food and Hannah. We we sure. know Hannah's mental state horror, by yeah. what her situation with the food is. Lots of food is bad right now for Hannah. Way with Rancheros is worse than Freddy Krueger for Hannah. Um, so outside Pork of sausage school, and hash browns. Oof. Oof. Is it a bad thing that the only accent I can even passably do is a southern one? Yes. I mean, do like, you wanna do you wanna do that monologue over like in a Bane accent? No. <laughs> I just wish I could talk like Ren. Uh, even the lie would sound good coming out of that. Anyway, so mm. outside of school, Emily is wheeling her bike around as Ari and Spencer, you know, walk with her. What happened to Emily's car? I'm trying to remember. Nothing. Seriously. Nothing, right? Like, it's still there. Maybe she's just riding around to save gas or something. I don't know. Yeah, so she could be on the same, like, mm -hmm. footing as the other two, but, like, poor. Yeah. Oh, it's isn't it like Paige's bike though? Maybe it's just you know weird. Oh, I think situation. so. Yeah, yeah, because that's what she was riding when she had to talk with Garrett in that episode. 
You mean uh, Nate? Garrett, sorry, Nate. Mm-hmm. Lyndon James. Um, so Emily's like, you know, so I'm basically under house arrest. And Emily points out her life's been pretty frequently lately. You know, with the lighthouse shit and the Halloween train. Well, and Spencer's like, what have you told him? And Emily's like, uh, basically nothing. If they knew half the shit that went down, they'd ship me out to Guam. Yeah. Yeah. So Hannah shows up and Arya kind of gives her a little bit of shit for like, like not being with Mona or like, like, aren't you Mona's bodyguard now or something? Yeah. Arya is, man, her hair is on fire in this episode. She's like, Hey, I thought you were playing Mona's bodyguard with this like super bitchy look on her face. And yeah. she kind of like strides up and Hannah's just like, okay, I said I'd be around for her, you know? And Emily's like, hey, you know, maybe we should all be your friend because Mona knows why Garrett died and it, or Mona knows why Garrett died right after she told that story about Arya's dad. And then Spencer kind of like glares at Emily and she's like, no, 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 don't, don't bring that up. And uh, Hannah's like, what's going on? And Spencer's like, nothing. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, but Arya's just like, no, go ahead. Talk about it. Just do it when I'm not here. Well, she's like, what's next? You want to ponder if my dad was on a Halloween train too? You actually believe my own dad would drug me and trap me in a box? And then she storms off. And it's like, the other girls have to be like, what the fuck? Well, I like, I was just reading the uh, television's outfit recap of this, and the guy points out that um, all the other shit that A's done is apparently like, maybe Byron could have done that to Arya. But the idea of her dad like doing something to her, that is beyond the pale. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. the one thing that affected Arya, no, your dad couldn't have possibly done that. All what's the even, other stuff, though, yeah, sure. Yeah, what's even better, though, is that when you apply your theory, like, Spence and Arya are having a really crazy mm-hmm. conversation amongst themselves right here in front of school. Um, so, yeah, Arya wants to storm off from these girls, but, of course, she's, you know, heading towards the entrance of the school, where there's Mona arriving. Mona's trying, arriving kind of yeah. at the foot of the stairs there. She's kind of looking lonely and timid and... Super uh, cute. Yeah, very cute. She's got a uh, kind of pinkish gray sweater and a black skirt and a headband. Uh, it's kind of, I don't know if conservative is quite the right word. It's like schoolgirlish a little. Uh, she can't make it through the sea of people because of, you know, all the shunning that's happening there. Yeah, she's kind of, she's holding her hand up almost as if she's like shielding herself yeah. uh, from people. And people, like various passerbys are saying like, uh, you got to freak out or, you know, you don't belong here. Like, just, like, 80-yard in, like, extras talking. Hey, you pretty girl. We don't take too kindly to your kind around these parts. Yeah, yeah. So but as, as Ar- Arya's walking up, Mona kind of, she looks up and just, like, brightens and smiles, like, very genuinely as Arya kind of walks past. And she's like, hello, Arya. And Arya just kind of glares at her. Uh, nice shot of Arya's ass as she looks back and glares at Mona there at the top of the stairs. Well, like, this is the kind of glare where afterwards Mona should be, like, Jesus, bitch! Sorry for existing. <laughs> I mean, like this is a hard like, stare. Yeah, you should be sorry. This is a seriously fucking hard stare. Um, yeah, so Mona Arya, just drops the smile and sighs. Arya heads inside. Mona looks over. She sees the other three liars are watching her. Two of them with like arms folded over their chest. And they're just kind of like shaking their heads, you know. And Spencer's like, "Welcome to Mona 2.0." Extra it's, awesome. It's a nice, like, shot because Mona looks even more tiny, like, in this crowd of people. Like, mm-hmm. even more harmless. Which is amazing acting and framing because this is the villain of the show here. Yeah, yeah. And yet you're like, yeah, I feel kind of bad for her. As far as we know, she's the villain of the show. Yeah. Well, up to this point. Anyway, so in the hallways of school, Emily catches up with Arya, and she apologized to Arya. 
you know, saying she wasn't she wasn't trying to say that Garrett was right. And Arya just kind of stares forward, like looks pissed, like don't worry about it. Well, no, I, I like what she says because Emily's like, none of us really believe her dad had anything to do with it. And Arya goes, I know, I overreacted. She would not look at Emily though. But like, this is Arya at least trying to be an adult here, you know. Uh, she says the thing thing is Garrett did say it, and it's really freaking hard, and you can't even look at your own boyfriend and now your dad without. Uh, and so we kind of get some exposition. She still hasn't told Ezra about the she son. Just, she just changed the fucking subject to mm-hmm. talk about her relationship. Boom. Aryad. And Emily's face basically says, like, shit, why do I even talk to this girl? <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I might have hurt your feelings, but it turns out you just wanted to talk about Ezra, uh, who she still hasn't told about his son. Um, but every time she wants to, she just, like, she bails, you know. And then they, they kind of start walking into, this is like their history class or government right. class or whatever. And there is Meredith, Byron's uh, piece on the side. Mm-hmm. And I like the way they just both back their asses right out back into the hall, you know? Well, Meredith is, she's, she's literally like bathed in the sunlight. She's talking to students. She's smiling. Um, they, they reason that their regular teacher must have had her baby. And oh shit, Meredith is the replacement. So then, like, Meredith looks up and, like, sees Arya, and then the bell rings. Yeah, like, and Arya says, please stick a fork in my neck. <laughs> so, later in class, and it's funny, is you don't find out to the end of this, that, with the framing, that all four liars and Mona mm-hmm. are in this class. But Meredith is going over, you know, how important checks and balances are. I, I and, kept on trying to think, is there, like, some sort of theme in this episode regarding checks and balances? I just, I can't. I can't make that leap. I just don't see anything that really relates much to checks and balances. I'm sure that we could come up with it, but it'd be some real yeah. special bullshit. Mm-hmm. Real special. It'd um, be Arya bullshit. Yeah. Mona's in class, and she kind of like looks over... It would over be like, and... checks and balances? You mean like when your boyfriend has a son he doesn't know about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why don't you check that balance? <laughs> Mona's in the class, and she looks over, and she sees that Hannah's texting. And then she kind of looks like vaguely behind Hannah, and she's Arya's there texting. <laughs> yeah, like oh, presumably Hannah and Arya are just texting each other, and and Mona's just kind of taking this all in, mm-hmm. and and kind of kind of uh, sadly, you know, like it's like, would you just be your friend, guys? Like, yeah, she tried to murder you a few times, but you would solve all your problems if Mona was on your side. That's all I'm saying. Liars. Wouldn't you even nothing else, bar nothing else? Wouldn't you want to have her closer, just mm-hmm. to keep an eye on her? Um, Wouldn't so, she be an asset? An incredible asset. Um, so Meredith, you know, she kind of looks over. And she zeroes in on Arya's on her phone. So she she pauses and she just say, calls on Arya. You know, like blah blah blah. What do you guys think about this, Arya? Can I just say, Mona as the friend of the liar? She's like, oh Arya, don't worry about the whole Ezra son situation. I killed Maggie and him, so it doesn't matter anymore. Also, and Arya's I, like, thanks. I baked you guys all meat casserole. Mm-hmm. They're never going to find the bodies, but enjoy the meat casserole. <laughs> yeah, so Arya gets called on, and she's just like, huh? And Meredith is like, look, guys, like, I don't know how Mrs. Whatever does it, but, like, no phones in class. And Arya's like, I wasn't on my phone. And she's well, like, yeah, she you were. Her. She found her. I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't on my phone. And so Meredith says, well, you should make it easy on Arya. She'll just, she goes over, she puts the hand out, like, hand me the phone so you won't be tempted. And Arya gives her this look like, you Weasley fucking snake. Yeah, how dare you? If Don't you know was, I text in class all the time? Nobody's ever challenged me before. If this was Arya the Teenage Witch, Meredith's skin would have already been like ripped off of her body and made into like Arya's new hideous outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
Meredith takes the phone, and the dude behind Arya, do you notice the dude behind Arya? Oh, yeah. He's cracking up. He's cracking the fuck up. <laughs> uh, so Meredith walks back to her desk. She says the Founding Fathers came up with checks and balances so that no one would have absolute power. Which, you know, something... The patriarchy. These girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we also see that at this point, the Spencer and Emily are... Power to determine fast. whether or not your girlfriend has the baby or not. Indeed. Um, so everyone packs up their shit when the bell rings, and Meredith asks Ari to stay for a few minutes. So the other three just linger. Like, cause Mona has gotten up to leave, but yeah, the other three liars, you know, Hannah, Emily, Spencer, they all just like stand up and stay there. And Meredith is just like, <laughs> yeah, I guess since you travel in a pack, you can all stay. Cause so like, she's... like the liars are just like, fuck you, teacher. Well, what I gotta say for Meredith, though, is that she's not phased, though. Mm -hmm. Like, she's got this. So she's like, just to be clear, I have a job to do. And if you ladies want to graduate, so do you. Well, don't you think it's part of, like, orientation at the school for teaching? They're like, all right, now we gotta do an hour on the the PLL situation here. Yeah, seriously. You need to know about these four girls. They're probably going to be all of your trouble that you have day in, day out. It's related to them. The vice principal's like... This will never be written down, and if you ever bring this up again, I'll deny it. But if you're really for the best, just don't even make eye contact with them. Mm-hmm. They're all insane. If they get up and storm out of class after getting a text, give just them lock a. the door. Yeah. Just give them an A. I let everyone else go early. Yeah, so Meredith's like, oh, by the way, I saw what you were texting. You're in this class to discuss American history, not mine. I would love to see that text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that Arya probably used words that rhyme with like runt and several a, times. And a whore. Yeah. yeah. Um So Arya kinda nods, gets her phone back, and they all leave, and Spencer as she's leaving, like throws some serious shade at Meredith there. She's just like mm. And Meredith's like, have a nice day. You get the feeling that Spencer just wants to chime in and just be like, Look, your lecture on checks and balances was lacking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you do not know. I knew the founding fathers, sir. Not you. Yeah. Um, so Hannah, Hannah catches up to Mona in the hallway and she apologizes. It says that she couldn't abandon Arya back there. And Mona says, she's, she's she supposed understands. to be like protecting Mona or whatever, you know? Yeah. Or something. But yeah. Mona, Mona understands. understands. Yeah. This must've been hard on Arya. And it's like, oh, that's right. You super fucking bitch. Like, you know, everything about us, mm-hmm. all of our weaknesses. Yeah. So then Mona opens her locker and screams because inside there's like a brain, kind of human-sized brain, stuck to the door of her locker with a with knife. A knife. With a like knife. Like a big old like kitchen like cooking knife. Yeah. Um, and a sign above it says, takes one mad cow to know another. With mad cow. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a cow's brain. We'll just say that. We'll find this out is, later. This is not quite up to A's usual missives, like whoever you are, like high school. Mm-hmm you know, bullying jerk. Yeah. So everyone now is watching. Because well, Mona's like screamed, so everyone's gathered around to watch. And Hannah's just like, come on, let's go, Mona. And Mona's just like, instead, she grabs the knife and yanks the brain, like unsticks it from the, the like corkboard in the door. Keeps it on the knife. Yeah. And then walks all the way down the hall with everyone, like clearing out of the way. Everyone in the hall is like staring at this. They've got their cell phones out. They're like videotaping it and taking pictures as she... Kind of like struts, very uh, correct posture as she kind of struts down she's the hall. She's not like nonchalant. She's not cool, calm, and collected. She's like seriously, like you can tell like this is freaking her out, but she's still holding. I mean, it she all could together. be walking a tightrope. Like that's how yeah, like yeah, like perfect her her 
you know, posture is. As she gets to the trash can at the end of the hall, uh, Lucas is watching. We see Jason is kind of standing at the end of the hall, like, watching too. Just, it's like his arms are crossed. He's just watching Stone Face. Yeah, everyone is, like, watching her, like, scared to death, but also, like, on the edge of their seat. Curious what mm-hmm. she'll do next. And literally, you get this feeling that whatever Mono will do next could be anything. Yeah, and so she kind of stabs down to, like, kind of get the brain off of the knife, like, right into the trash can, but still holding the knife in her hand. And I love the way she she pulls the knife back up and turns around, and the whole crowd, like, backs up. <laughs> you know? It's almost like a like a spin, though. So that every yeah. single person in the hallway will get a good look at her holding a knife and making eye contact. Well, it's like, uh, what is that, Kill Bill? In that one scene where uh, the bride is, like, surrounded by, like, ninjas or whatever. And she, right. she like, does a move with her sword and all the ninjas back up a step. And she just, it's like, holds it's up like that. Sword. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, like, this, like, pose. Yeah. Um. So then she kind of, what does she say, like, drops the knife. Yeah, she's kind of like, absent-minded, like, oh, I'm holding a knife in my hand. Everyone's freaked out. And so she drops the knife in the trash, too. She goes over to Lucas, and she whispers something in his ear. And I really thought, here's the misstep of ABC Family. I would have shown, like, the dark spot showing Lucas's pants, because he looks like he just pissed himself. Oh, I think he did more than piss himself. Yeah. yeah. He just laid a patch. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, ugh. Yeah, so she w- is whispered in something in Lucas's ear, something short, and then picks up her books and walks off. And Hannah comes over to Lucas, and she's like, what'd you say? And Lucas, you know, like, he says nothing. He just kind of, like, frowns and walks away, limping. Yeah. But he he hobbles away with the weirdest, most pronounced limp ever. Yeah, well, I mean, presumably he is, like, he hurt his leg or his ankle, and also he's got, like, shit in his underwear right now. And this he is, needs to get to the bathroom. I really, I really think that the, those two come in hand in hand because this is a mm-hmm. weird fucking limp. I mean, it's not just like it's a bad injury. Like, like a whole new like nuclear dumping ground of like teases and taunts or commission on on this day because of Lucas's goofy fucking limp. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the girls' bathroom, the the four liars come storming in there because they have to have like an after action report on this situation. Arya just she just can't believe that that brain came from the bio lab. Yeah, she's they like, they have they have cow's brains up there. And Spencer's like, yes, you got excused from dissections on vegetarian grounds. Yeah, you wouldn't know that because you got excused on vegetarian grounds. That's so Arya. Yeah. Uh, And Emily says, people are going to think that we put that in her locker. And Arya says, it wasn't vegetarian. It was humanitarian. And Spencer says, are you still hating on me? And Arya says, possibly. Yeah. Oh, Arya. I love you. Arya Montgomery, humanitarian. Possibly. Um, so Spencer doesn't know who or why people would think this since they were all being held by hostage by Meredith in there. And Emily's like, so now Meredith is our alibi. See you in jail. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. <laughs> I love that. Like the rumor gets out there and like Spencer like wants to attack these rumors. Like it's a court of law. Mm-hmm. Um, so Arya says, I got to say, Mono's a lot stronger than me. I would have lost it. We know. I just wrote no shit, Arya. No shit. Yeah. Arya kind of felt sorry for her, and Emily too. And Spencer's like, okay, are we done feeling sorry? Because she has done a lot worse to them. Yeah. So just then, a lot. of course, Mona comes into the bathroom. And it gets nicely awkward as they're all just kind of like, eh. Oh, wait, Mo- first of all, sorry, rewind back 30 seconds. Don't you want to do a super cut where like, it uses the same footage, but you just have like Spencer go, a lot. Pause. <laughs> a, a lot. A lot. <laughs> for like nine minutes, though. Yeah. Um, so Mona smiles sweetly and she goes to the mirror and she fixes her hair. And so Emily, of course, is like, Mona, you don't think we had anything to do with that, did you? 
And Mona's like, oh, of course not. Why would you do that after I helped you figure out who killed your girlfriend? And they're just kind of like, like what? And yeah. she's like, but I know there's still bad blood between us. I know I have to earn your trust and, uh, you know, and prove that I'm worthy. I'm but I will. You'll see. I'm better now. And then she smiles and leaves. And the liars just all like shiver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next scene, Hannah's walking through the quad and she goes and she finds Caleb like sitting on a little bench by himself working on his computer. Um, he asks if she's sure she wants to be seen in public of him. And she's just like, face it. We were never under the radar. Yeah. That storyline was boring and yeah. stupid. So we dropped it. Yeah. Caleb, he heard about the uh, Mona brain situation and he's, he's laughing because he wishes he could have seen it. Yeah. <laughs> and it, he basically like brings up the theory, like, you know, like she probably did it to herself, like for some sympathy. Smart Caleb. Yeah. And Hannah's like, you know what? Uh, there's something up between Mona and Lucas. Like he's limpy now. And then she kind of fills him in on the whole like thing about how Arya stabbed the person. Well, she's like, why is he limping? And Caleb's like, maybe she kicked him. <laughs> but yeah, but so, yeah. so dirty, dirty, dirty screwdriver, screwdriver, so maybe it didn't heal. And so, Caleb, your new mission is to go throw it down with Lucas and find out what's up with him. And then she kind of she kind of gets up and she turns back to Caleb. And the body language is interesting because Hannah is very loving, is very affectionate, but she's still kind of basically like, okay, you got your marching orders. Do you mm-hmm. understand them? And Caleb just kind of smiles and like nods. And she's like, good. And she walks off. Um, so Emily's in the hallway in the next scene of, on the, in the phone of her dad. He's been calling and basically like freaking out that she hasn't been answering like every single call. And yeah. She, she points out that she has classes. Like she, her phone is off during them. She can't like be available every time her parents call her. And she's not going to be straight home after school because she has to go to work. Uh, she's supposed to give up her job too now. No, didn't think so. And then as she's having this conversation, she looks up. And she sees Mona is talking to the janitor. And we've seen this janitor before. It's the dude from the Lost Woods Resort. Harold. Or as we said a lot, Norman Bates. Yeah, creepy Harold, I think is how they refer to him on the show. Yeah, yeah quite a lot. He's talking to Mona. And Mona, I, we don't hear what she's saying, but she seems kind of like annoyed with him or something. Yeah. Like she's like telling him off, you know, and like weighs her hand and walks away. Yeah. Um, And Emily's face, of course, is like WTF. Um, so once Mona leaves, the janitor kind of looks around suspiciously. We'll find out later that he's cleaning out or has been cleaning out Mona's locker. Um, well, they do the, like, the, like, one second flashback to remind right. us, just in case you're, uh, one of those viewers who doesn't pick up on things that, yes, this is the guy from the Lost Woods Resort, you know. The flashback is literally the, the same clip used in the previously on Pretty Little Liars at mm-hmm. the start of the episode, where the guy says, welcome to the Lost Woods Resort. Um, so then we cut to the picnic tables outside. Uh, Spencer and Toby are having lunch. Toby's unpacking the lunch that he clearly brought Spencer. Yeah, yeah, he brought takeout. Because, I mean, I, I he's like graduated or whatever. He's a teen contractor. Um, he took time off from uh, working on that loft or whatever. To come that loft or whatever's going on in Bucks County. Toby's in that weird situation you, you could get to in your early, you know, 20s, late teens where... You're dating somebody in high school when you're not in high school, and so you drop by for a nooner now and then. Right, or to to be at their entire beck and call and bring them lunch. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, there's a cream that can fix your face. Um, so Spencer's saying that it would have been nice to have some mourning, but it's not like Mona could have stayed at Radley forever. Yeah, they're going to run into her at school, uh, and, and she's like, uh, by the way, like, where were you last night? And he lies and says he fell asleep early. Uh, yeah, and, and but as she's talking about 
Mona, I just gotta say real quick because you know I I don't like dead horses unless I can beat them to death. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Toby doesn't look like he could give a shit. But I mean, like, who knows? Because Toby's yeah. face may not be capable of registering things like giving a shit or well, this, their life. This scene is amusing because Spencer's so concerned about Mona here when she's sitting with an A right next to her that she doesn't know about. Right, right. But I mean, uh, Spencer is Spencer, which kind of, it's interesting to watch her play out because she's definitely obsessed over the course of this episode. Mm-hmm. But it's funny to watch her play this out with this high-strung mania coming from Arya. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which, and so she's like, uh, "Hey, Toby, can I ask you a question?" And what is Toby's line? He's just like, "You can ask me anything." Well, she's yeah. like, "Can I ask you something and promise you won't get upset?" And he just gives her this look, like, "Just ask." Yeah, and she's like, "Do you think Jenna transferred schools because after Garrett, she thought she might be next?" So and she's like, "Jason's the last member of the NAT club," and Toby's just like, "Why do you obsess over this shit?" Well, now we know Jenna mm-hmm. has transferred schools. <laughs> yeah, some at some point. I don't know if it was before or after Garrett got killed. Jenna just straight up transferred school. She's like, Jenna out. Fuck this shit. It's too hot. NAT club members are dropping like flies. You get a couple of these weird info dumps in this episode. Like, I think later on we find out that it's been a few weeks since the Halloween train. Well, Caleb is totally healed now. Yeah, well. Yeah. There's that. Well, that was that was during Halloween episode. Yeah. But oh, I mean, like this is still a few weeks. After it was a few Halloween. weeks uh, before, but also like Hannah's leg wound never mentioned again so, after that one episode. Season five, people take note. This is presumably mid-November on the show. Um, yeah, time is a flat circle in Rosewood. Exactly. There's, is there an infographic for how many times we've referenced True Detective on Doctor Cle- DLL? Clearly not enough. Um, so, so she stops almost as if she senses something. Her spidey sense is tingling and she looks over just in time to see Jason talking to Mona. Oh, we did get one detail. She says that the cops still don't know who killed Garrett. They can't even find the gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, then she sees Jason talking to Mona and Toby's just like, leave it alone. And she's like, I can't. Jason's basically hugging a hand grenade. Cause he like, Jason kind of gives like a, I mean, it's a chaste hug. It, it doesn't seem romantic. We can talk about that later. It's not romantic, but it is tender. Um, yeah. So later we see Hannah and Emily are heading down some stairs into like the it's under like the level basement of the school. Yeah, this is basically like where the Morlocks are kept. Um, mm-hmm. This, by the way, these hallways look almost exactly like the hallways at Radley, but you know, probably because they are excess school junk <laughs> yeah. lining the halls. Yeah, um, which is you know metaphorically think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Emily says that the janitor looked right through her and didn't see her as he was cleaning out Mona's locker. You know, was it really him? Emily, and sh- Emily, sure it was creepy Harold from the end. Well, Hannah's like, well, maybe creepy Harold has a creepy twin. Mm-hmm. LOL. Do we want to bring up that at some point? Creepy Harold having a creepy twin? The, the twin part? Uh, maybe not right now. Maybe later. Maybe not right now. Yeah. Um, so Emily tries the electrical room. It's locked. They move on down the hallway. They find another office with a door cracked and some country music emanating from within. Yeah. Harold's in there listening to country music and writing in, in a, like a diary type thing. Furiously writing. Yeah. And yeah, like Aria. And they see that there is uh, one of those burlap sack, like creepy doll masks in there. And well, it looks like a crate full of some A shit. We see the like sketches of the black swan outfit. Mm-hmm. It's sticking out, so it's like, oh, there's some a shit in there. So, uh, so they sneak. The liars like sneak away, but then he comes out and looks around, and he like sniffs. He probably smell their perfume. Uh, but well, he frowns so, and goes back inside. But classic, Prilla liars. 
these girls are like in the doorway. He has his back to the door, <laughs> and they're like way too loudly. Like, why does he have that? Yeah. And then he just like turns, and they run and hide. Well, the place they hide is like right around the corner behind a filing cabinet, barely even ducking down. Five feet away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So he's just like he stares in one direction down the hallway, and he's like. Well, that's weird. I just heard these girls talking like they were literally right where I'm standing currently. And he goes back to his office and shuts the door. It's it's an interestingly blocked out scene, I think. There's a lot of jokes on the uh, Pretty Little Liars annotations thing about how Hannah is like a hide-and-seek champion because she always has the worst hiding places. Way to go, Hannah. Work it. Um, So then we're at Edge's place after school. Uh, Yeah. Uh, There's some... Uh, how much detail we want to go into the, like the stupid bullshit about like Ezra has some stupid like necklace medallion thing for Arya to wear pendant thing he wears He's... it when he runs all his marathons he thinks it'll bring her luck and uh, then Arya's like no 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 I can't wear this like this. yeah her he tries to put it on her and her her like guilty goofy ass pushes him away and she's just like no what if I lose it Ezra's like then I'll have to lose you Arya is not amused by that joke yeah when Arya's in a mood when she's in a funk. No jokes are allowed to land. None. Although you kind of get the feeling that Ezra only makes those jokes when she's in that mood. Yeah. You know, he's just like, this will be fun. Uh, <laughs> so he's like, yeah, what's up? You know, and Arya's like, uh, nothing. I'm just having second thoughts about doing this charity run. And Ezra's like, well, you have to because I pledged half of last year's unemployment on it. Which, like, really, Ezra? We need to have a chat about your financial decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you doing this for? You're already fucking her. Like, yeah. what What are you hoping to get from this money? So, as they start to kiss... Uh, Clearly, you don't care about other people. True. As they start to kiss, they're interrupted by Arya's phone going off. Uh, she says it's probably her mom. Ella called in sick today, but Arya assumes that's because it was Meredith's first day. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did like the part where Ezra's like, you'll be fine. Just change your shoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, Arya checks the text, and it's actually from Hannah, and it's about Creepy Harold and, like, come to the brew. And Creepy Harold's in our school. We have a bag of Mona's stuff. Meet at the brew? That is two exclamation points and one yeah. question mark. And an interesting little moment for Ezra here, where he's like, is it your mom? Like, like as though he knows the answer, or, like, suspects that she's lying to him. You know, and Arya lies, and he's like, yeah, it is, and sorry, I need to go swing by there. Moral support or whatever. You can read it two ways, depending on which character you're following in the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ezra probably knows that it's a lie and wants to just push this moment along and like get back to whatever creepy thing Ezra does, which probably just look like porn and masturbate. But Arya, it's almost like, and I want to go back and watch all their scenes. It's like he's handed her the opportunity for an effortless lie. She mm-hmm. would be lying to her Arianess if she did not take it. <laughs> well, and remember, he very suspiciously showed up at the end of last week's episode. He uh, went to the end of the line to wait for her. Yeah, although I guess Arya would probably know if he had like some sort of side wound or something, uh, some sort of stab wound. So you know, they're probably into wound stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she immediately lies and says yes because she's a pretty little liar. She says that she needs to go by Ella's and basically blah 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 massage her mother's poor ego in this one. Um, because Ella is really bugged out. Mm-hmm. So, cut to Spencer and Toby. Well, They're... I just want to say, he... Oh, wait, no, yeah, there is another detail. Well, Ezra, Ezra understands, even though this clearly feels like a season one Arya lie. So, mm-hmm. Arya goes out in the hallway, and for a moment, Ezra looks guilty. Arya, I can't tell if she looks 
relieved or frustrated like perhaps she doesn't respect Ezra because it's so easy to lie to him no I think she or... looks sad I'm, I'm looking at her right now she looks sad to me can I just say maybe it's the ones that she deceives the most that she loves the most mm. yeah she's outside in the hallway kind of so looking we get, like she looks we get a nice juicy close up in Arya as she emotes you know with her crazy face and then she looks over and there's a like a big gift basket with a balloon that says it's a boy <laughs> it's a boy get it yeah the a is in red uh, on the balloon and Arya's like what the fuck and there's a little note that says like babies lies grow bigger then they start talking when will you and so Arya's like ah fuck well she's looking around this tiny hallway like what the fuck and it's like you can look that way you can look that way you can look that way again you mm-hmm. can look that way again um but it's almost like she wants to like look at the audience and be like, since when does A mess with me? Since now, bitch. <laughs> yeah, Arya's confused. This has never happened to her before. Um, she said that before once this season. Um, so Spencer and Toby then go running. They're run- running back to, like, I don't know if they're racing or what, but they're getting back to, like, coming back to Spencer's house. Like, the, on this, yeah. like, dirt road. The north wall of the Hastings Fort. Yeah. yeah. And Spencer's like checking her watch. She appears to have won that race, and she's no, no, like, no. It's I, I, I thought that at first too. Whatever, I guess they do these couples runs, and Spencer and Toby have beat their time. Okay. See, that's what I thought was interesting because well, their time Spencer, is ten minutes, which isn't that good. I mean, unless that was like a like a five k or I don't, maybe I don't they're know. running around the entire like circumference of the Hastings okay. Because I mean, ten ten minutes is not a good mile time, that's for sure. Just I want you to imagine that, that Hastings Manor is so big; it takes ten minutes running very very fast to get around. Yeah. But I think either Spencer has to, she has to be beating somebody. She's either beating yeah. Toby or she's beating their time. Yeah, and she's checking her watch as they come to a stop. She's happy. She high fives Toby, and then Toby immediately takes his tank top off. He's just like, it's abs time. <laughs> I don't have much else to offer this scene. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, like, because this is what, like, they just came back from however long their hiatus was, and, like, Keegan Allen's just like, yeah, this is what I've been up to. Getting yeah. cut. Yeah, yeah, my ab roller. Um, he's like, I think we earned some hot tub. <laughs> yeah. Toby, Toby has a lot of ideas about what's going to go down at this hot tub, I think, that uh, he's going to be disappointed by, but... Before uh, they can get in the hot tub, Spencer spots Jason Delorentis rolling up next door, and so she just kind of wanders off to talk to him. You want Toby to be like, where are you going? Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, there is like some kind of background eye chatter going on between Jason and Toby here. Yeah. She, they're just kind of like, they're vibing on each other. She gets up to uh, to Jason. She wants to know what's going on with him and Mona. Did she come up to him first? Did he come up to her? And Jason is just like, what? Where's this? Like, where's this coming from? I wanted to be like, God damn it, Spencer! Let me get out of my car. Oh yeah, Spencer is just like, Hey, Jason, what's going on with you and Mona? Did you go up to her? Did she go up to you? Look, I know it's your first day back, or I know her first day back wasn't exactly a bull bath, okay? But you should be careful. And she Toby's just to, like looking hard in the background, you know? Yeah, she just, wants to reiterate that Mona's dangerous. And yeah, she and she's like, Look, Ian and Garrett are dead. Jenna fled town. Like, I'm worried about you. Yeah. Toby's definitely watching Jason suspiciously from the background and then comes closer. Jason and Toby, mm-hmm. they're definitely giving each other some like wary, like bro, like what's up nods. Yeah. Um, like, so, is Jason like, should I pretend to be the big brother? I don't, you know. Uh, but Jason's like, yeah, like, I got it. Like, I'll keep it in mind, Spencer. And Spencer's like, Mona tried to kill Toby on the scaffolding well, once. She, 
Yeah, she's like, Toby has clearance to hear this conversation. And she talks about the scaffolding. And she mm-hmm. says once again that he's, she's dangerous. Um, and Jason does this thing where he's like, people around this town used to say the same about me. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the same Jason DeLaurentis who, about a month ago, <laughs> was driving around town so super fucking fast while he was super drunk. So, yeah, people are right. Yeah. People, the, the chatter, the like hoi polloi, they're right about you guys. Well, that's um, always like both Jason and Toby's like go-to excuse is like people used to say that about me. How do you feel about that now? I think uh, it's worse from. But he's he's just like uh, you know I'm going to keep an open mind. Basically, is how he leaves that. He likes to get people the benefit of the doubt first, yeah. which I just wrote down in my notes. You know what? I think I talked shit about it at the time, but maybe Jason and Arya were meant for each other. Yeah. Imagine the persecution sex. Oh, God. No, Jason seems too unintellectual to last with Arya. Yeah, well, she I'm needs really... somebody who can appreciate like her literary bullshit. I think he can pretend to look interested. I mean, imagine... I don't think Ezra's getting a word in Edgewise. But, uh... Anyway, Spencer's very frustrated that no one is listening to her fucking advice. Yeah. So, then we go to the brew. Hannah and Emily are talking to Arya... Uh, let's see what do we have here. Uh, Arya is asking if if Hannah told Mona about Ezra's kid because like how else could could you know a possibly know about that? Like she's freaking out. Well, Hannah's and, like, why would I tell her that? Yeah, and Hannah's like, look, chill the fuck out, you know. Like, yeah. uh, well, what happened to the basket? Arya trashed it, she, and she's like, why? Did you want the jelly beans? And, and she's like, face is meow, like, Arya. Ouch, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Be nice, well, I love, your I love there. Arya is just like you know, if Ezra had opened that door. And I, the other two girls should have been like, A has like been fisting our lives for two <laughs> years now. You get like half a finger. Calm the fuck down. Yeah. But Emily's right, though. She thinks that Mona's definitely up to something. You know, it's her first day back, as well as apparently Creepy Harold's first day as janitor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Hannah Ponders, what if they're just buddies? Yeah, basically, Mona spent a lot of time there at the Lost Woods Inn being A, maybe... Uh, they just happened to chat a lot and became buddies. And Arya's like, the buddy moon is over. I need to go break into Harold's closet and see what else is in there. Well, you know, so Hannah's supposing that Harold missed Mona. So he got a mm-hmm. job at her high school. Not normal, Hannah. Not Probably okay not normal for a dude who looks like he's at least in his mid-30s to want to befriend a high school girl. The kind of guy yeah. who looks like he's on a list where he has to go tell families that he just moved into the mm-hmm. neighborhood. Probably shouldn't be allowed to work out of school. But uh, then Caleb shows up. Caleb says he couldn't find Lucas, but he does. He but did he like Lucas. hack he into the... He wasn't chatty. Oh, Lucas wasn't chatty? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, But Caleb did hack into the school's computers and something, something. Here's this transcript of a meeting between Mona's parents and the principal. And if you look at page two... You can see Mona's parents didn't want her to come back to Rosewood High, and Mona begged them to let her, so she was lying. Uh, which, I find this suspicious. Like, I don't know whether this is just sloppy writing, or if, like, Caleb made it up. This show is basically Perry Mason. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't yeah. know, what, what did you think of that? Do you think this is, we're just supposed to go with it, or do you think Caleb's lying about this? Because uh, Caleb hates Mona. Yeah, he really hates Mona. I don't know that Caleb would... But that's the thing about Caleb, though. I don't think he would create evidence. Hmm. He's not like one of the liars themselves. Mm-hmm. I think Caleb would just have to suck it up if there was evidence that proved that he was wrong. So I think that this is just bad writing. But um, so then Emily kind of looks over and she's just like, 
oh shit, I have customers. Yeah. Oh, that's right, I'm working. I gotta go. Well, I like, there's this weird moment where Caleb's just like, oh man, I'm starving. Feed me. Yeah. Pleading. Hey, yeah. feed me. I'm starving. Yeah. So it's just a hand on Arya now. And so Arya's like, did Mona sign that basket with an M or an A? Yeah, and if Ezra finds out, and Hannah's just like, look, you need to stop giving A all the power here. Like, go tell Ezra yourself. And Arya's like, I can't, you know, because Maggie asked me not to. And no, that kid has a mother who yeah. asked me not to. And Hannah says, every day that goes by is another day that kid goes about meeting his father. And Arya's face is like straight up, fuck you. I mean, these are the deadest of dead eyes. Well, but Hannah looks back at Caleb, and it's basically like, hey, Arya. I am calling you on your bullshit. Here's a living example of uh, somebody who grew grew up w- without knowing who their father was. Yeah, Malcolm could grow up to be just like Caleb with fatherless, with awesome cyber hacking skills, and a really hot girlfriend. God mm-hmm. damn it, Arya. Don't be so selfish. Um, so then we cut to the Hastings backyard at night. This is, to me, I believe, a new sprawling part of their backyard. There's like lots of Oh, we knew they had flora. a spa. This is like a like a like a tropical paradise with a spa in it. Of course, they have a spa. I mean, yeah. there's there's some shit, and I don't want to spoil anything. But later in the season, you'll discover there's more to the Hastings house than you ever knew existed. Right. But right. Uh, don't yeah. you just want to see a scene of Peter Hastings sitting in this hot tub with like two glasses of scotch, staring off into the darkness? Oh yeah. Um. So. Spencer's already in the hot tub, and Toby comes out and joins her. I guess he had to like, rub one out real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, he kisses her, even though she is not into it, and she just kind of stares forward blankly. Toby, Toby has a lot of ideas about what's going to happen in this spa, and well, I think he's disappointed. Toby's foreplay is weird. It's a lot of like back massages, because apparently that works on Spencer, and he does this move where he kind of like with his forehead, where he like kind of like like a bunny, like he's like rubbing his forehead against her, I... like he's going to snuggle up to his mate. I'd say both of those are solid moves. You can't go wrong with a little back rub. I mean, he's about to go a little, a little nuzzle. He looks like he's about to go like, straight for like the Eskimo kiss or something here. And so Toby's just like, "What are you thinking about?" And she's like, "I'm not." And he's like, "What are you stewing about?" Like, As you literally stew in our own juices right now. Yeah. Why doesn't Jason get it? He knows that Mona's dangerous. This is the third time she's called yeah. the dangerous. And you get to see Toby's face fall. He's just like, I'm not getting a hand job. Yeah, I someone tell. is. I can already tell. No, no crazy sex is going to happen in this spa. Yeah, Toby the psychic can mm. tell. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've seen the future. It includes no ejaculations in a warm water. He's like, I also see the past where I should have realized an hour ago mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not going to be getting ejaculations in this hot tub. Damn. Um, someone's watching them from like the shrubbery. Yeah, and then Spencer kind of, like, hears something, and she freaks out and looks around, and, like, Toby's probably thinking, like, well, look, it's nobody, like, I'm A, I'm here, and obviously Mona isn't watching us, you know? Um, um, Spencer starts to go off on this whole thing about how no one has Jason's back. You know, she has her friends and Toby, but there's no one there for that earthy hermit bro, Jason. Um, and it's it's interesting, this is a continuing thing, I think, where the writers, like, you know, showing how the sausage is made. They're clearly setting Spencer up for this trap. Oh, yeah. They're bringing her more and more into, like, her blindly trusting, like, Toby always being there for her. Yeah. Well, you got to figure Toby right now. He's, like, he's probably thinking, like, fucking Mona, I'm going to kill you. Like, you're totally interrupting my spa fuck right now. What are you doing? (laughs) What are you you doing, Mona? You're killing me here. Do you know how many spa fucks I'm not getting because of you? 
Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, so Spencer hears another noise, and she's like, that's it. I can go inside. Sorry, this ain't happening. Um, yeah, the, the massage Toby tried to give her there wasn't working. Spencer, so now Toby's Spencer just going to sit in the hot tub by himself and give himself a massage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, meanwhile, in Arya's bedroom, Arya's on her bed, lost in her Arya thoughts. She's S- staring got at that fucking medallion. That, it's uh, like hanging off her bed frame now, so she can just stare at it like it's a magical talisman. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a knock on the door, and Byron lets himself in. I find this interesting, because this happens twice in this episode. This is still a teenage girl. It's night. I would yeah, think you would knock and maybe wait for a verbal okay. Just a, a knock and come right in there from fucking Byron. Yeah, uh, and he asked her about school and he talked to Meredith and I like how Arya in this scene she's she's pretty good at fishing because he's just like how was it and Arya's like well I'm sure you talked to her basically you know like no you tell me how it was. Well Arya Arya but she's also bracing for the yeah. shitstorm also. Byron forgot that Arya was in that class Meredith was going to teach because Byron's a shitty teacher or shitty father. Yeah. Uh, and but so Byron tells it that Meredith said that uh, like everything was cool and that they you know handed it like an adult or whatever. Well, she's uh, like, you know, I can't drop that class. I need to graduate. And he's like, Why should you? Sounds like you handled that situation like an adult. And she's like, Huh? She's like, What did Meredith tell you? Uh. And apparently Meredith said that they were cautiously welcoming, which I love in the Jacob Clinton's re- recap. He says, cautiously and welcoming are like the exact opposite of the liars. Like, Arya should be very suspicious. And yeah. so should Byron. But cautiously welcoming, Byron informs us, is mm-hmm. what any new teacher can hope for or expect. And Byron <laughs> knows... Because kids are fucking assholes. Yeah, which... This guy just went from being the shittiest father ever to being like, hey, Arya, let me tell you how fucking hard us teachers have it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, those of us who can't do. Yeah. Uh, and then Arya's like, uh, hey, speaking of assholes, what do you think of Allie? Like, as a person. And Byron, like, his face is saying, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. You know, but what he says with his lips are, I like all your friends. Why do you ask that? I would disagree with you to a certain, to, to just a level of degrees. I don't think Byron quite looks like he's about to shit his pants here, but there's certainly a turtle head poking out. <laughs> he's um, crowning. Yeah, he's crowning. Um, but Arya, I love her line here. It's, it's, she's like, well, I know mom had some issues with her. Thought she was entitled. <laughs> yeah, Allie was the entitled one. Um, and Byron's like, I think that just comes from being at an awkward age. And Arya's like, so you never spent any real time alone with her, huh? And it's like, Byron's like, well, why would I have? (laughs) And he's like, you still really miss her, huh? Like, kind of like turns it back around and it's like, oh, this, this must be your grief talking. Yeah. And Arya's like, yeah. There's a lot of just like, Two like eyes narrowing as mm-hmm. they study each other. So Byron leaves, and then Arya just goes back to staring at that fucking necklace. But then Byron like kind of like leans back into the door to like just peek at Arya. She doesn't realize he's doing it, you know, and then like walks away again. Well, she's about to ask her like magical fucking talisman, like like what to do next or something. <laughs> now we get to the Mona video. Yeah, Mona made like a an it it gets crayer video. Um, where, where, what's she saying? Mona Ever since viral. she was little, all through high, all through junior high, I was considered a loser. I was humiliated, picked on, and tortured. And as hard as all that misery and torture was, and she starts sobbing. 
And then we see Hannah's watching this on her laptop. She pauses the video. She's in the kitchen with her grandma. Uh, apparently, Mona sent this not just to Hannah, but to everyone else in cyberspace. And it already has like 1,600 likes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, Which I don't know if that's hyperbole or not. I'd say that sounds about legit. Um, but yeah, grandma is like, uh, yeah, that one's trying way too hard. She's and, more, that child is more twisted than my toes. Yeah. And Hannah's like, you were the one who told me to give her a second chance. And she's like, yeah, that was before I saw how hard she was campaigning. Right now, I think Mona might be the best argument against human cloning. Grandma walks off. Hannah's face. I was going to say like, or the best argument for human cloning. Well, Hannah's face is just like sick burn, grandma. I mm-hmm. like, yeah. Can you grandma- imagine clones of Mona? Like hundreds of Monas running around? Uh, I can very easily imagine that. Very. Me and Toby in the hot tub trying to ignore each other and just think about clones of Mona. Mm -hmm. All my fan fiction begins right there. Mm. Um, So Grandma walks off. Hannah resumes watching. And Mona's just like, before you turn this off or throw something at the screen, please just hear me out. (laughs) And then uh, Lucas shows up on the patio. Because he's he's there, Hannah like kind of like has to like twist his arm to get him to come inside. He's there to limp. drop off the last of the money he owes Caleb. And it's interesting, he kind of offhandedly mentions that he doesn't know where Caleb is. Caleb's not living in the same spot anymore. Which, it's like, where the fuck is Caleb living then? Crazy. Is he back living in the walls at school? Like, I, I okay, man. Caleb's does, not living. Does in the Caleb same just place. like like living at like the Four Seasons, like in a hotel or something? Like Caleb's not living in the same place. It's said of the same casualness, though. Of Caleb's not parking his car in the same spot anymore, which might be the same thing. I don't well, know. we know he has like a Mercedes and new clothes. Like, does and his mom dollars worth of sweater? Yeah, is his mom just like, oh, don't worry, Caleb, I'll rent you a place in Rosewood, and you can he... live out there alone. He's roommates as a minor with Logan Eccles. Mm-hmm. Um, Him so and Logan both have a, a room at the Neptune Grand. Where they where they they hit Cordelia Chase every single night. Fuck bitches get money. Yep, 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 yep. The, the, this series it just writes itself. Mm-hmm. The show writes itself. Um, yeah. So Hannah asks about Lucas's leg, and he says it was an accident skateboarding, and that it's it's kind of hard to explain. And I feel like Hannah's just like, oh, that's boring. Uh, like, what about Mona? Yeah, what about Mona? And he's just like, uh, doesn't say anything. And she's so like, says, Mona has something he, on you. Did she so stab he, you in the leg? He says he hasn't talked to her in months, which I really mm-hmm. wanted like, like Mona to pick up on, on the wordplay and be like, but what did she say to you? Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so she asked like the barrage of questions. You know, what's with the leg? Does she have something on you? Did you get stabbed on Halloween? What he is just, going on? Why is Mona back? Yeah, and he says that yesterday wasn't Mona's first day back, that she's been sneaking out of rally long before the doctors gave her permission to go. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm sorry, that's all I can give you. Um, so, briefly, um, Hannah... miss each other, by the way. Yeah, Hannah misses him, and he's like, yeah, I miss you too. And for once, he isn't creepy about it. Like, he actually seems friendly. Um, but, so he says he, he heard himself skateboarding, so... We, I, I guess we can say that that was him at the beginning of the episode that Toby was trying to run over. If he was like three feet taller, sure. sure. I mean, that was probably an extra, you know. Sure, sure, sure. fine. But, um, so, Caleb as an, or I'm sorry, not Caleb, Toby as an A was trying to run over Lucas. Lucas seems to have been working with Mona at some point in the past. Mm. 
like he was visiting her and like maybe getting pills from her. So like, did was there like a falling out in the A team? Like Toby was like trying or to like maybe, bump off Lucas, or maybe Toby was just like chilling in his car one night, and he's like, "Is that <laughs> Lucas? I fucking hate that yeah. guy. I have ten minutes to kill. I'll kill him." <laughs> Whose SUV is it? Seriously, Mona like, just like rent it from a uh, like a car company or something. Seriously, like industrial- I'm saying, night one of your A apprenticeship is you you sneak into Radley. Mona gives you like 25 minutes of like her monologuing like a crazy person. Yeah. Then she just shows you how to steal cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stolen car, I guess, makes the most sense. So Mona's videos continue because Hannah puts it back on as Lucas leaves. And she basically says, you, you ultimately have to own up. Own up to what you've done, what's been done to you. Then you have to forgive yourself. And we kind of cut to somebody watching this on like a cell phone outside. Because Arya and Caleb are working at the first aid tent for this like charity run thing uh caleb's wearing a sticker that says rh rhs varsity club staff varsity hmm. caleb all right uh caleb and her and Arya are pretty disgusted by uh this video and it's caleb water bottles caleb's like yeah by tuesday it's gonna be playing in airports and doctor's offices like it's gonna go viral and they, they spot Mona walking up with the coach and all these people are coming up and like giving Mona lots of friendly attention now. Like now everybody in school loves Mona because she made this video. I, yeah, they're cheering on like she's a hero and Arya screams, what is she doing here? I just have to uh, put in a brief note about Arya's outfit. Oh, please. By all she's means. wearing like capri tights, mm-hmm. a, a t-shirt that has like an American flag skull. <laughs> On yeah. it, a uh-huh. hoodie that has like rhinestone shoulder bling. She looks like she's wearing something that she bought at like, uh, like Janet Jackson's like Rhythm Nation 1814 Military Academy like garage sale. Yeah, it's a weird like drum majory. And I don't even know what you call those things on the shoulders, but that's yeah. a hell of a look. It's, and it's and a, p- pigtails. It's a normal teenage outfit. Up into the shit that's on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. That just looks... Oh, well, I don't know. The American flag skull is a little bit weird. Well, that... It's a little bit weird. And eventually, I would think a vice principal would be like, what are, you, what are you wearing? Yeah. She's wearing the necklace that Ezra gave her and, like, a little gold, golden, uh, like, skull medallion as well. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, we get a brief shot of Hannah and her grandma walking up, and Spencer comes over to oh. say hi. Is this also the first ever like soul Arya and Caleb scenes? Um, you know, I was, I was thinking about this while watching it. They had something else together, but it's slipping my mind now. But okay. Arya has had scenes with Caleb before. So later, Arya, oh, I love this scene. Arya comes up as Caleb is unloading a van of Gatorade, pretty much by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and Caleb looks, looks at, over at Mona, and even though he's not done talking shit about Mona, he's just like, "What a piece of work." Um, they presumably had made up. Up until the end of season two, because uh, they had that picture they took when you know Hannah didn't show up because she was lying to both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So Mona's basically converting people, and so Arya is like, "Hey, can I ask you a question?" And I think Caleb was probably thinking this will be something normal, like, <laughs> "Hey, can you get me new ringtones?" She's like, "Hey, how many can times I?" Do you and Hannah do it, but no. Can I stir up your emotions on the one subject that you really can't deal with well? She says, do you ever wonder what your life would be like if your dad had been around at, like, age six or seven? And he's just like, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I fucking wonder about that. That's that's the one thing that keeps me up at night. That's the uh, the the only chink in my armor. You bitch. It was like, what a totally fucking weird and totally fucking specific question that is. Mm-hmm. And then he pauses and he's just like, "Allow me to monologue you here for a moment." Yeah. <laughs> when There's... I was young, I was looking for him everywhere in streets, in stores, <laughs> even in my sleep. <laughs> yeah, but uh, when he's about 13, he just stops. He's tired of using all that energy. He needed to focus on himself. He's fine with the way things worked out because, like we said, hacker, hot girlfriend. But he'd be lying if he uh, couldn't, if he wouldn't rather replace the guy he made up in his head with a real person. Right. So then we get. So I love that half of Rosewood exists just in the woods, like the undeveloped woods. The run, like the campsite starting off the run or whatever. Like uh, the starting off point is basically in the woods. Mm-hmm. The teacher is in charge of everything. So she's speaking to everyone in a microphone. And she's saying there's four checkpoints, and the run will end in front of the school where you'll receive a complimentary. Swag well, this is bag. the this is the coach. I think this is uh, the old swim the, coach. It's not the same coach. You sure? It's not the same actress. All right. Yeah. She um, has the same like outfit. Look, she's wearing the shark's outfit. Yeah. yeah. She she might be the new African American actress playing the same character. Okay. But she's not the same actress. Yeah, so um, Hannah's grandma then makes her way up to the microphone. And, like, elects herself to sing the national anthem. Uh, well, the, so she's just like, like, the woman's, like, giving the uh, the directions to the entire student body there. And gra- grandma's like, excuse me, who's singing the national anthem? The teacher's like, well, we didn't really plan on that. And grandma's like, I'll do it. She then literally grabs the microphone and, like, does the bump thing. Yeah. And she starts singing. And so as she starts singing the national anthem, Spencer is kind of huddled up. I like how they, they all have their arms over their hearts now, you know, because the national anthem is being played. Uh, Spencer, she, her new plan, she's, she knows where on the route of this run that they can ditch and like double back to the school. She so has can go break into the janitor's closet. Um, and, and then too bad Emily can't meet them because, uh, she's like locked at Fort's field. Well, I love, uh, I love Fort how it is. If we ditch the track right before checkpoint two, we can go through the woods and into the school. No, don't worry. The school is unlocked because the bathrooms are open for people working the finish line. Somewhere, Ezra is wondering himself, what happened to the half of my unemployment for the year that I gave to you, Arya? <laughs> just, just, is it just fuck me? Is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> Not literally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then. <laughs> Spencer turns the hand. He's like, that money wasn't important at all. I really hope I get that ghostwriting gig. Shit. <laughs> yeah, Spencer turns to Hannah and says, why is your grandmother singing? And Hannah's like, because she can. Yeah. But it's, it's not even that much inflection. It's just like, because she can. Yeah. And then Hannah says, you know, I, I think Mono is on the ghost train. And probably- Mono's like, What? After after talking to Lucas, I uh, I guess she she arrives at that conclusion. Uh, and I love how the grandmother starts in on like the like second stanza of the Star Single Banner that I'm not sure is real or not. Like she goes into a second verse, and the coach is just like, "All right, that's enough," and just like fires a gun off, yeah. and everybody takes off. Yeah, fires the starting pistol off like right behind Hannah's grandmother's. Yeah. <laughs> so cut to Emily's room. Her dad is going out. He should be gone more than a few hours. And so Emily's like, whoa, you know, is there an app on here that allows me to crack a window? And I love how Wayne's like, no need. 
I'll adjust the thermostat downstairs. Well, I, I feel the need to point out that Wayne has kind of like set his uh his jacket down momentarily on Emily's bed. Mm. Showing off the gun show. He's wearing a shirt that I don't... Uh, he's wearing a shirt that says Army on it, just to let you know he's in the Army. Let's but, get uh, real, folks. Wayne is going to be gone for a few hours because he's going to take a tour of Rosewood's truck stops. He's He's got a, himself a, a tight, tucked-in t-shirt on, and he's showing off the biceps. There's a, a bathhouse in downtown Rosewood that he really likes to go to. It's a clubhouse for just other men, just other you dudes. Know, what's other funny is that Rose. we have friends who watch his show, and they're obsessed with the Wayne Fields character. Like, because he's like the only good man in Rosewood. And yet, yeah, he is the best father. Whereas Ashley, I think, is the best but he's, mother. He, you could say he's like the best father, but he's like, he is the absolute epitome of like patriarchy. Oh, yeah, you know? without a doubt, without a doubt. Like, first of all, you don't need to worry about cracking a window. I will adjust the thermostat for you mm-hmm. as you're locked in here, Rapunzel. Yeah. Um. Once he leaves the room, Emily jumps up. Goes to his jacket, gets his phone out. They both have iPhones. She switches their cases around. On the Pretty Little Liars annotations Tumblr, they call her Lesbeth Salander for this. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so he leaves. So Once yeah, he's gone, did the old phone switcheroo, so now she can use the app on his phone to disarm the alarm, and then she like sneaks out the window. I'm just thinking, like when he goes out to the car to text like, his buddy Carl... His mm-hmm. bear buddy Carl, like, hey, I'm on my way over. Wouldn't he notice right quick that this is not his phone? Well, what happens when he tries to turn the alarm off himself? So, well, here's the thing, I, though. is Yeah, seriously, he has to leave the house, Emily. The alarm is currently on. Yeah, yeah, so, I don't know. But also, well, maybe he hasn't left yet. Is Pam home? Because Emily, once, he's, once he leaves her room, she waits five seconds, which I don't think is enough time for him to get down the stairs. And then she opens like the window, like she's gonna climb out the yeah, window. Yeah, she she bounces straight out the window. This is a this is a great idea for a scene, but the, it's hampered by the fact that it takes place entirely in Emily's bedroom. Well, it seems like the better move would have just been for her to un- disarm the alarm on his phone and le- and then put his phone back. Right, right. You know, but whatever. Because um, obviously she's gonna get caught eventually. But anyway, we we cut to the school basement. The other liars kind of show up to see that Emily's already there trying to pick the lock with like a paperclip, pick the lock to the janitor, the custodian's office. And Spencer's just like, bitch, get out of the way. This is how it's done. Like pulls out a bobby pin. Yeah. From her hair. Just, I love you, Spencer. Uh, Spencer just just immediately picks that lock. Well, she kind of, as she's like, you know, effortlessly doing this, she looks back at Emily and she's just like, have I taught you nothing? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they go inside. The bag of Mona's stuff is gone. Spencer zeroes in on the diary on the desk immediately. It's the book that he was writing in. They discover that he was writing a long letter to Mona. Like a he super thought, long letter. Because he thought this was Mona's diary, but it wasn't. It was Allison's diary. Which is t- just ten times creepier in a way. So we cut real quick to the finish line where Mona is working and she's glowing, happy, sweet Mona. She's and so is Meredith, who's bringing out the latest batch of swag bags. Yeah, Mona is arranging the various ribbons and medals for people who finish. This is like at the finish line. And Meredith walks out. Uh, Meredith, man, if that was my teacher. I don't know. She looks pretty young there. Uh, but yeah, Mona kind of gives Meredith some side eye as she's bringing out the swag some, bags. Some sizing up stink eye. Mm-hmm. So back in the janitor's office, Arya, gr- I love this part. 
Arya grabs the diary, flips it open, starts reading it. She's holding it in a way that only Arya can see the passage that she's looking at. But we hear, we don't see, we hear Hannah's voiceover. Arya, is this about your dad? Well, before that, we do get some confirmation because they're like, are we sure this is Allie's diary? And Spencer turns to a page and pulls out a uh, gum wrapper, that gum wrapper from the two the hotel room, s- yeah. season two finale, the, the one that you know, Mod- Moda's gum wrapper. So season and so three it's like, premiere, they have to reveal that when they came back to try to grab all Mona's shit from from the room at the Lost Woods Resort, the room was empty. Yeah, but this is definitely the diary because it's got Mona's gun ra- gum wrapper in it. Right. This is what Mona read when she was like taking a shit in the hotel room there. Mm-hmm. Um. So we get a flashback. It's a flashback of the diary telling us this story. So we're, we see Allison through the window of Byron's office at Hollis, which, by the way, the sign on his door says B. Montgomery, Ph.D., Department Chair, History of Art. Did we know that he was an art? We teacher? we actually did. Yeah, we knew he did was. An, he's art history. Yeah, we did know that. So he's basically. I, you always art. assumed he was a like a literature professor, but yeah, we did know. I, I don't remember which episode, but we did know he was an art history. Well, professor. it's so weird to me because I really thought that he was a real professor and not an art appreciation teacher. Oh, now you're just being mean. Yep. So art, art history is, uh, I mean, as far as the, you know, the soft studies go, it's it's one of the more Softest. rigorous ones. Yeah. So Allison tells Byron that he's a powerful man. Um, so he kind of comes over, pulls the shade down real quick so no one can see in. And she wants more money. The same amount. Well, she's the way she like, says it, she's like adopts a southern accent. She's like, you're a powerful man, Mr. Montgomery. Yeah. yeah he's she turns just, into Pollyanna real quick. Yeah. Byron would rather not have his conversation, and he's like, that's going to cost you. Same amount works for me. Mm-hmm. And Byron's like, well, you're out of luck. That person's out of my life. It ended months ago. You don't take the wind out of Allison's sails, though. Yeah. So we see Allie, Allie's blackmailing Byron. This is presumably who she's blackmailing to get that money. Right. That we thought she was blackmailing Peter. Yeah. yeah, we thought she was blackmailing Peter Hastings. Turns out she's blackmailing Byron instead. Yeah, so she threatens to call the dean and tell him, not just about the relationship, but that Meredith, you know, a student, is flipping out because a professor basically wiped his feet with her. Well, it, it's an interesting way she puts it about talking about kind of Meredith and her mental state and how she's taken advantage of. Because Allie always kind of seems, occasionally at least, to be the sort of avenging angel of, uh, of like girls who are wrong. Spurned women. You know? Hell have no fury, ladies. Yeah. Well, so it's interesting, though. Like, the, just the idea of, like, men and the evil they do to women really upsets Allie. And well, she's no, always looking to stick it to men because of it. It gets more twisted because at this point in the show, we know that part of the reason that, that uh, uh, Meredith is spiraling out of control mm-hmm. is because Allison directly <laughs> set up a situation with yeah. those earrings where Byron turned even more on Meredith. It kind of makes you wonder... It, it's like, man, if, if Allie could see Arya and her Fitz relationship, how would she take that, you know? Yeah, it's a shame that we'll never know. Um, mm-hmm. So she starts to make that call to the dean. And Byron says, you make that call, you'll be very sorry. And Allison's like, you're right. I'll just start with your wife. So it's- she whips out the phone and shows him that she is now dialing the Montgomery house. Mm-hmm. And Byron grabs her wrist like hard. Uh, and, and Allie's like pretty kind of freaked out by this and she, he like takes the phone away mm. and Allie's like, well, maybe I'll call again when I'm alone. 
Byron says, says I, I can't give you that kind of money again. Ella will know it's missing. She says, well, you'll figure it out. And she says, you know, don't worry. I'm leaving town now to go visit my Nana, but I will be back Labor Day weekend. <laughs> I'll be flying in. Yeah. Um, then Allison bounces, leaving Byron to stare after her. And so we found out this is literally like a week before Allison disappeared. Was it a week? Uh, it's a she, well. It's, she a, says, it's some indeterminate she time says you before. You have a nice week. Yeah. So it's it's mere moments, effectively. Yeah. Before well, she died. How does Byron make fifteen grand disappear without Ella finding out? More no. wine. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Arya and yeah. Mike's college fund. So we, we get back to Arya, who's horrified. And here here I want to talk about Arya for a little bit. Um, interesting insight, which I hadn't really considered in the Television Without Pity recap for this episode, is that we, we've often talked about like kind of like how Allie interacts with the various liars. You know, like Hannah wants to be Allie. Uh, Emily wants Allie. Spencer is kind of Allie's rival for leadership. But the Arya one is always a little strange. Um, and I, she is, Allie. I, she is in a way, but I, I liked his take on it was that Arya, what does Arya want most is to be thinking, of, think, thought of as, uh, as an adult, as older mm-hmm. than she is. And Allie kind of controls that. And the idea that Allie could be involved with her father, mm-hmm. possibly like very involved, has to be a nightmare for, for Arya because then Allie wins basically. Yeah. Uh, and so, that's an interesting dynamic at play in this episode, I think. Is she wins in a way that the, Arya can never one-up. And that's something I that it's kind of like, that's what's driving Arya to be such a heinous bitch in this episode, is like, she can't even begin to process the idea that her dad had something going on with Allie that she didn't know about. Like, that's just too much for her. Yeah, yeah. The weird fan fiction where in Revenge, Arya goes and fucks Allison's dad. <laughs> I hope! <laughs> Um, so back in the janitor's office at the end of that flashback, uh, Arya does not want to hear the other girls' sorries. Uh-huh. They hear a noise. They decide to run. So first, Arya decides to tear out a page. Well, there's diary, this whole weird pages. debate over like whether or not they should take the diary. And Emily's just like, this is his personal writing or whatever. And Arya's just like, fuck it. And, like rips a page out of the diary, the, yeah. the, like the relevant page here. I'm and, sorry. We shouldn't take his intellectual musings. Yeah. He might. Re- <laughs> he does some writing. It's mostly personal. We should leave that for poor Harold mm-hmm. here. Um, so they bolt out into the hallway, and of course they run into creepy Harold, who's like, "What are you doing down here?" And he's holding like bolt cutters, so he's I guess slightly more intimidating than he would be normally. Spencer is right on the ball. This quick story about how the bathrooms are being used. Spencer uh, is always on point when dealing with adults. I feel like Spencer had this excuse in her back pocket just in case. But yeah, the bathrooms are being used upstairs, so they came down here. But you know what? Don't worry now that we're down here. We can go use the bathrooms on the second level. Blah, 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 blah. Then Toby shows up. Well, no, before that, uh, the liars take off, but Harold kind of moves to block Arya and grabs those pages out of her hand. And Arya's just like, what? Like, she's outraged, you know. But then Toby walks in, and yeah. he's like, what's going on, you know? And yeah. then Arya kind of uses this distraction to, like, grab those papers away. Like, ha, ah, fuck you, Harold. And they all run away. Well, she's just like, I'm looking for something I threw away. Yeah. Mm. So the girls all run upstairs. Toby kind of lingers for a moment and stares at the janitor. Is Harold afraid of Toby? Is Toby just that physically imposing? Or is there something more like a recognition? I feel like Harold's just like, ah, he's fucking teenagers, you know? Also, uh, he's like, man, this guy's really ugly. Why does he keep Well, he's also probably like, man... These chicks are going to like think this guy was some type of fucking hero. He didn't do anything. He just yeah. walked in. That's all he did. 
Yeah, it's Fuck not like guy. I was actually physically harming them. It's not way. like they were really in any danger. Yeah. yeah. They have all the power in this situation. So up in front of the school, uh, the girls all exit with Toby. They ask what Toby was doing there, and he has this great excuse of, he got to the finish line, because that's where you go and look for your girl first, is the mm-hmm. end of the line. When they weren't there, something, 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 he found them in the basement, of course. And they're like, yeah, that checks out. Well, and so Spencer, again, setting up the mousetrap yeah. himself, says... It doesn't matter. It we doesn't so even matter. We're so glad you were here. And it gives him a big old hug. And then there's a fireball. There's like, you hear like a glass break and like a fireball explosion and like a, a lady screaming. Well, what I love about PLO, and part of it is they have to be more effective because they don't have that budget, mm-hmm. is you hear all these things. You see the light of the fireball on them. It's not like yeah. you see the fireball or anything. Well, then you, you hear people calling for Mona, and we cut to what looks like kind of like a storage shed, right. like a rosewood storage shed. It's on fire out in front of the school. Yeah, when the boot's on fire, we find out from everyone that Meredith is inside, and everyone is just watching. Mm-hmm. So cut to Emily's room. Wayne Fields is on the phone. It's nighttime. Yeah, Emily's like on that little like bay window bench of hers. Mm-hmm. Wayne's kind of apologizing to the person on the phone. He's like, oh, sorry, I didn't get your voicemail. Uh, uh, our phones got switched. And Emily just kind of looks guilty about this. Yeah. He gets off the phone to say that it was the principal. I don't know mm-hmm. why the principal is calling Wayne. Okay. Let's pause it for a moment. Not only are we getting like a couple tickets to the gun show here with Wayne? Mm-hmm. He has his is wearing a t-shirt with his army on it. His sleeves are rolled up yep. just to like make sure. Like they're not rolled up all the way. They're rolled up like halfway. Right. Right. He's wearing something that Jason Priestley would have worn in the original 90210. Yeah. Um so yeah, he's just like it was that new teacher of yours, Mrs. Sorensen, who got hurt by that stunt. And Emily's like, "Meredith?" And he's like, <laughs> You call her by her first name? <laughs> he's just like, ah, fucking kids, man. And, he's, um, and then he drops like this like cheesy, like, we need to stop fighting about why I won't let you out. Start talking about why you won't let me in. This is, this is like, compared to the other parental wisdom dropped mm-hmm. on these kids, this is fucking Shakespeare. This, um, is, this is some Dr. Phil bullshit. But he's like, have I been gone that long? Yeah. Um, he's like, maybe I don't know everything you've been through. But I know what it's like to lose people. Also, I know what it's like to be somebody on the inside who you're afraid to reveal on the outside. Right, right. Um, wouldn't it be great if Wayne was dating uh, Ken DeLaurentis? Anyway, oh, yeah. Wayne doesn't want to be her gatekeeper. He wants to be her dad. And I love that he drops that line and then he gets the fuck out of the room. Well, he he has a whole thing about how like the only thing that gets me through like this shit is knowing I can come home to my family. So yeah. I don't want to be your gatekeeper. I want to be your dad. And he leaves and Emily just kind of cries because Emily is such a nice, sweet girl um, that she doesn't like having, you know, any sort of well, trouble between her and her dad. See, Byron's move would be to stand there and like bark at Arya. Until, oh, we'll like, get to that. In he's bit, absolutely yeah. useless. Wayne just drops a guilt bomb like you do as the patriarchal force of nature and you leave to make your daughter feel guilty. So mm-hmm. we cut to Hannah's kitchen at night. She's watching Mona's video uh, again. Like in a bathrobe, yeah. Yeah, like she just got out of the shower. Her grandma comes in and asks, like, basically, why are you still watching that fucking video? Haven't you seen enough of that girl today? And Hannah's like, yeah, you're right. She shuts the laptop and she kind of like gives her grandma a hug and they walk off. So then uh, we get to Arya. Arya is reading the uh, 
the diary pages. what's it called the diary pages in the room and byron walks in again mm. and she's I like oh how's knock immediately opens the door yeah how's meredith uh, just byron... in time for her to stash the pages under the blanket byron picked her up from the er she's got some burns uh and he's like i didn't think she should be alone so i invited her over and Ari's just like the fuck you know she's and he's like, like she's here and he's like uh no you little asshole uh she didn't see it as a tempting offer based on what happened tonight and he shows a note to Arya that was left from Meredith, basically saying, like, it was just a note on her clipboard that said, like, come grab some swag bags from the shed or whatever, you know? Right. Um, and Byron is like, did one of your friends write this? I know what they're capable of. Yeah. <laughs> so Meredith thinks oh, you have no idea, Byron. Yeah. Meredith eventually told Byron the truth about that first day of school. And so Byron then, like, screams at Arya, did you and your friends do this to her? Yes or no? Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't speak up now, Arya. Well, you still can. These secrets come back to haunt us. And Arya's like, what about yours? And Byron's like, what does that mean? And Arya's like, nothing. Close my door, please. And Arya, or Byron leaves without closing the door. And Arya just like studies that note. So Can you just imagine this same sequence, but the Arya pulling that Billy Bob Thornton move from Fargo? Oh, yeah. Or she just sits down and poops instead? Yeah. Um, or is just like I have two questions in one comment. <laughs> um, so Byron's just basically like, "Hey, daughter of mine, did you try to like burn my girlfriend down? I'm accusing you and your friends of that, and uh, I'm gonna be an asshole and leave the room without shutting the door now." Yeah, yeah, this is my power move right here. So she she goes back to Maybe basically staring at the note. Um, so let me cut to Jason's porch. Jason DeLaurentis, who is sitting there while flies get caught in his electric flycatcher thing. Yeah, one of those like blue electric lights that kills flies, and he's just staring at it like a hick and drinking like on like a V eight or something like that on the porch. Yeah, I I presume it's a V eight. It kind of looks like a beer, but well, it's like I would green. Think of his it's white attic, and green, so of his attic background. It's probably yeah. one of those like lima rita things. Oh, and also he has a shirt on that's like completely unbuttoned. Which, whatever. Well, maybe because, you know, shirtless Toby came to visit him this Wait, it's, afternoon. It's only, like, late November right now in Pennsylvania. But, yeah, sure. There's <laughs> He's just like, hey, I've got a, I've got a few abs to work with myself. There's, there's a gym in Rosewood that only services guys from 16 to, like, 25 or 29 or however old Jason is. Yeah. And all it has is, like, ab rollers. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, what does Spencer say here? She wanders up. Well, and. he's like, so I heard there's some fireworks at the finish line. And Spencer's mm-hmm. like, yep. And Mona walked away without a scratch. She says, look, I won't say this again. And Jason's like, you don't have to. I hear you this time. So Spencer says goodnight. And as she's, she gets she's, a call as she's walking away. She's gotten what she wants. Mm-hmm. It's just for someone to say, you're right. Mm-hmm. That's for all once, Spencer wants. Yeah. She just wants a little validation. But she gets a call from Arya. And Arya's like, A set us up. You know, A made it look like uh, we sent Meredith over to the shed. And Spencer wonders smartly if uh, perhaps this is Mona trying to prove she's worthy. Right. Which, you know, not the worst thing in the world. Mona's just like, hey, I can be a good friend. I'll blow up some bitch who's fucking well, your dad. Yeah, like, Mona blowing up the chick is one thing. I don't see where this, like, it's just Meredith's like hearsay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's nothing that, that proved to anyone else that these girls were responsible for this. Um, they have Toby in his face to, you know, validate that they were nowhere near mm-hmm. 
never mind, there's four of them. So Spencer, you know, she, Arya says, well, I have to go. And Spencer's like, is it your dad? Do you need to come stay over here? And, and well, on his porch, Jason is listening Jason's to all watching. this intently. Yeah, yeah, he's watching and listening to all this. And Arya's like, yeah, like, my dad's never going to let that happen. And, like, hangs up. And then we cut to, like, outside Arya's room. And Byron is just, like, leaning up against the wall, like, listening, like, creepy. Like, kind of, like, he's probably... looking concerned, you know? Or, or concerned slash guilty. There's probably a good shoulder groove in that wall from all mm-hmm. of Byron's, like, listening in on his daughter's shit. Yeah. Um. So then on Jason's porch, after Spencer leaves, Mona comes out of the house. And Mona says, I think this bandage will cover it. And then she tends to, like, a puncture wound he has on his side. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. A small, round puncture. Yeah, as though you might get from a screwdriver that didn't heal well and got infected. Although, honestly, you should go to, the, like, the hospital. If it's, yeah, I mean, Jesus. But, um, like so, Hannah said, that's an old screwdriver. Bro. Mona's smiling as she treats this wound. Now, I have to ask you, mm-hmm. what do you think, Mona? Like, do you think there's like a romantic thing here? When I watched this episode the very first time, that's the impression I got, and I thought that's it was really dirty and trashy. This time, no, I don't. In the recaps, that's that's like the impression people seem to have gotten. And in the recaps I read, they're just like, "Whoa!" Like Jason's taking advantage of this girl who has clear self-esteem issues, and you no. can kind of see. I mean, like, because there's, like, a thread here where, like, Mona is so starved for any kind of affection at all that, like, people just don't give her that, like, yeah, Jason could probably pull that down if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess the way, and just looking at it now as I kind of, like, uh, what is it, uh, shudder through it here, um, she doesn't look affectionate as much. No, as... no, I don't perceive that there's anything carnal happening Yeah. Here. She's not even like, I mean, I wrote jokingly in my notes, she rubs the wound. She doesn't even really do that. She's very, it's almost caregiver in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Mona is star for attention. I think there are times when she clearly has power over certain situations in this episode. But um, yeah, people would be right to freak out because she's not legally responsible for those kind of decisions at this age, especially in Pennsylvania. But no, I don't believe there's anything like that happening here. That's not the impression I got from their demeanor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, cut to the A tag here. We see A is like loosening like the front tire on a bicycle, and we pan up and see this is like it's nighttime, but it's like it's no, this is school. This is a Rosewood. This um, is like a like Hollis Hollis College. I don't it's, think it's Hollis. I don't think it's high school. It looks like high school. The dude walks out holding an academic decathlon binder. Okay. Pretty mm-hmm. sure this is Rosewood. It's just okay. like a like a side hallway. I, I'm pretty sure we've seen this hallway before. It's a ginger um, bro. Yeah. So this kind of dorky looking dude walks out and puts his binder in his backpack and gets on this bike. And we can kind of see in the background that A is like huddled up behind like a brick pillar. Yeah. And this dude starts to roll away and A is just like crouching down. And then predictably there's like a crash and a, like a yelp, you know, and, and then A, a just, a just kind of flinches just like, you know, probably Toby, I guess. If, so if, if Mona's occupied. Real quick at the end here. So the, the object was to presumably injure this guy and make it look like an accident. I mean, we'll, if, we'll find what, out why in the next episode. What if this guy wasn't injured enough? Is A then like is plan B to go over and like smash the guy off a wrench or something? Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the next episode is Toby called... just like whips out one of those like retractable batons. Yeah. yeah. Or a cattle prod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next episode is called Mona Mania. And I can't wait. <laughs>
Yeah, so that was the A tag. This is, God, this was a dense episode. This took us forever to take notes on. There's so much stuff that happens in it. Um, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a premiere in a way, you know, it's a, it's a 3B premiere. And so they have to set up a lot, lots of new mysteries. The biggest one, of course, is like Mona's back. Like, what is she doing? Is she trying to be the liar's friend? Is she still fucking with them? I mean, we know she was on that train. We know she's still A. Right. Some of the time, at least. But. But at the same time, she seems to kind of genuinely want to befriend the liar. So she's so amazing at everything she's doing. So you don't well, really know what the hell is she up. The to. amazing thing about this episode is that you're watching it and you start to forget that, like, we know she's a. We saw in the last episode that she's like sneaking out and wearing a hoodies and shit like that, and yet we still want to give her the benefit of the doubt. You know? Yes, we do. Yeah, uh, this episode is written by Oliver Goldstick, directed by Wendy Stanzler. Um, I guess this is the first time Spencer and Emily saw Mona since she got out of Radley, since the, she went into Radley, I should say. Uh, for, yeah, I guess so. It's probably the first time I saw her in, what, seven months, she said? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, for some reason, the A-team's trying to bump off Lucas, or at least harass him. And, yeah, next week, Mona Mania. Can't wait for that. Seriously. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, until then. Oh, wait. Uh, let me just do some quick follow-up. One of our listeners had some info for us. Just let me take a look at it. Okay. Uh, apparently, there are, like, three creepy doll hospitals uh, within about an hour of where Rosewood would be. You're on the ball, Amanda. Yeah. That's just... I mean, a doll hospital. Let alone three. Yeah, yeah. Also, thanks to a different Amanda for being so glad that she found our PLL podcast. Indeed. Yeah, we have like multiple listeners now. It's pretty cool. There, we might, we might almost be out of these single digits here. Perhaps. So, uh, glad people are enjoying it and we will be back next time. Until then. Bye bye. Thank you.